Mas la hora viene y ahora es cuando los verdaderos adoradores adorarán al Padre en espíritu y en verdad, porque también el Padre tales adoradores buscan que lo adoren. Juan 4.23 Bienvenidos al podcast de Estudios Bíblicos Esenciales. Now that is a very unique way to start the podcast. That's a podcast in Spanish because I have my good friend Martin Mastacedo. I hope I said right. that right. Yeah, you said, said it good. Right. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Martin is originally from Bolivia, so his original native speaking language is Spanish. English is a second language for him, but his English is a lot better than my Spanish. <laughs> so <laughs> how did we start off the show? What verse did you choose? Well, I, I chose John 4, verse 23. Let me just read it in English. Please, go uh, ahead. <laughs> it's John 4, verse 23. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. This idea of how people can approach to God. It's the reason why people will be compelled to read the Bible and to listen to these kind of sources to learn more about His will, right? Yeah, it's a great verse. So what we're doing here in this episode is we're going to be talking to Martin about his background of coming to be a real Bible student to becoming a Christadelphian, his background in Bolivia, and now he's living in Canada with his family and have come to be quite close with Martin and, and good friends with him. So I thought it'd be really interesting to hear your story. And you also enjoy listening to the podcast, which is a plus. So we're going to review the season two year that we've had and the subjects and how they kind of impacted you. So let's start. Let's just talk a little bit about Bolivia because we some of our listeners might be geographically challenged okay. and not know exactly where it is, but it's in South America. Right. Bolivia is a country in the middle of South America. And, and by uh, middle, you mean it's like landlocked. It's right yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Right in the middle, literally in the middle. Yeah. yeah. So um, there, there is this small ecclesia in, in La Paz City, where is the, the city I come from, which it has a peculiarity. It's at uh, 12,000 feet above sea level. So it's really, really high there wow. in the mountains. Yeah. So that if I went there, I, I would have trouble breathing maybe uh, or if I was climbing the stairs or something. Well, I can tell you that a few times I went to visit, I did have trouble breathing and yeah. I was raised there. Like Mexico City and Denver are very high cities as well. Yeah. Which one's higher? It's, it's really high. Yeah, it's much higher than that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think that when you arrive to the airport, that it's at 4,500 meters above sea level. I'm not sure what's that in feet. I don't know. I have to do a calculation. <laughs> yeah, but it's a lot. <laughs> That's right. That's for sure. It's uh, a really varied country, though. Like, you have a very mountainous region. Yes. Yes, we have this area that it's really close to the Andes, uh, which is basically the continuation of the Rockies that goes all the way from North America to the end of really? South America. Really? Okay. Yeah. That whole mountain range is all one mountain range. Yeah, and in La Paz is a city that it's surrounded by mountains. So it's like a pot. And in the middle of that pot, you have this big city with, with a million people living there. Wow, wow. But it, it borders on like the Amazon too, like in on right. Brazil and yeah. Chile on one side and Brazil on the other. So. Yes, yes. We're surrounded by, by, by our neighbors. We have Peru, Brazil, we have Chile, Argentina. 
Paraguay. I've had some friends go there before. It seems like a beautiful place, like just the, the mountains and everything. And is there a lake there too? It's like, yes. It's not as big as the lakes here, but it's, it's still a not big lake. Much. We share it with Peru. It's called Lake Titicaca. Quite, quite I've heard of that one. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's quite beautiful, but you grew up there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, your whole family has a whole history there going way, way back, right? That's was, right. And it, you're talking about like it's a real mix of cultures uh, there. Yes, it is. So Spanish is the main language. Yes, Spanish is the main language, but um, there is also 32 accepted other languages. They are 30, more like dialect from, from 32 other Native languages. Nations. Yeah, yeah. So you run in that quite a lot in. Uh, well, there, there's mainly a couple of them. One is called Aymara, that it's more in the occidental part of the country. And the other one is Quechua, that it's the language that was spoken by the Incas. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. Those okay. are the main predominantly native uh, languages that we have. But we have different uh, variety of languages from people who are original from the Amazon side of the country. And they have this language that it's called Guarani, and we have these other variations. So it's really interesting, and, and things are changed in the past. Spanish was the first language, then English was uh, the suggested additional language that you were taught, but now the, the people is trying to learn more and more these, these different languages to connect, I guess. Oh, the indigenous languages, mm -hmm. the native languages, yeah. So it, it's quite a unique country in that sense. The diversity of people, it's it's huge. And it comes with the challenges because it's hard to connect when people come from so many different backgrounds and 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 everything. Um, what's your your background? Um, I I will consider myself a mix. Probably it's it's the majority of the population. Seventy percent of the population would be a mixed. There will be a, like a twenty percent of the population that it's more like kind of first nation kind of uh, yeah. background, and and there is five percent that it's predominantly white. So mixed with the, the native and the Spanish yeah. background. Yeah, that is great. Yeah. A lot of our legacy from Spanish was, I think, mainly the language and religion. Catholic religion is also predominantly the most important religion in Bolivia. How much, how much would you say is Catholic? Uh, probably 75% as well. That much? Yeah. Like it's, that is... And, and the other 20% is, is Christian, but they also are still with the same beliefs that Catholics have. So it's a really... Catholic environment, I will say. Right. So you come from a Catholic family. Yes. Uh, right. Yes, I come from a Catholic family. I was uh, born and raised Catholic. I went through all the sacraments, I will say. Right. So at least uh, the ones that you do while you are living. <laughs> so sacraments like you were baptized as an right. infant. Right. Uh, baptized, the first communion, uh, yeah. confirmation. I, I didn't get married through the Catholic Church, though, because by that time, I already started to study different and, and, and live a different life. Oh, really? Maybe, why don't you go into that and just tell us a little bit about your, your background and what okay. happened there? So, uh, Well, to, to talk a little bit about this, this change I live uh, on, on my belief and my faith, I, I really need to mention also uh, what happened with my wife, because our spiritual path was connected from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We both met when we were starting university, and we met in a Catholic youth retreat, funny enough, uh, right <laughs> after everything that we lived through. But the thing was that during that time, uh, we met this couple from Australia, and uh, they were basically visiting Bolivia to finish the process uh, of adopting their daughter. 
And um, oh, interesting. We yeah. met them because there was a connection through Laura. She was a volunteer in the institution, and she was really attached to to their baby girl. Yeah. So uh, we met them. Uh, Laura spent a lot of time with them. She befriended them because she wanted to keep this connection with girl. And after a few years, Laura decided to visit them. She went to Australia. How old was the girl when she was uh, adopted? It was less than one year. She, oh, she was yeah, months old. Yeah. And uh, Laura saw her again when she was four. Oh, okay. That's, uh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and we were still just regular Catholic people. Yeah. And when she went and visited them, she experienced something different at this lovely couple house. They have this thing. They read the Bible every day, uh, which was kind of different from what Catholics do. And they belong to this large community of people who will dedicate an unusual amount of time studying the Bible and trying to help people learn what the Bible says, have access to the Bible, and to find out that they can learn about it by themselves. Right. And they were Christadelphians. So when Laura returned home, she was committed to learn by her own what the Bible says and to read the Bible uh, by her own. Uh, so she saw the ex example of people... Like in a family setting, just reading yeah. the Bible every day together. Yeah, which... and it wasn't just the reading, but the way of life that they have, uh -huh. how they approach things and challenges. She spent a few months with them, but she was in touch with them since then and before that uh, always. So yeah. she really could see that they were different people. Yeah. At the same time that she was in Australia, I, I have this thing. I like to read adventure books. I like to read books like, I don't know, Greek mythology or the uh, Tolkien, Lord of the Rings saga. And Oh, yeah, the I, fantasy kind yeah, of things like that. I, I, I was really into that epic too adventures. when I was a young kid. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I really enjoy it. And it came that I was just finishing to read one of Tolkien's books that it's called Simulerium. I haven't read that one. Well, okay. it basically, it's like the background for everything that happens in Lord of the Rings. It starts oh. with the creation of the universe. And I think that the influence that Tolkien had with C.S. Lewis and everything. Uh, yeah, make there, him there's a Christian the background. To yeah, it, yeah, he used the Bible as a reference. I didn't know that back then, but it was so interesting to read about it. Yeah. And I was talking with this guy and he was joking and telling me, if you would spend the same amount of time and effort reading the Bible, that, that will be quite something. And though I know that he was mocking me, I, I feel a little <laughs> challenged. Oh, and yeah, and yeah. I decided that I really wanted to read the Bible by my own and, and learn what it really says. And when Laura came back and she told me that she was... Well, so this was separate than what the experience that Laura was ha having. Yeah. yeah, we were together. We were dating. Yeah, but she was in Australia and you were having yeah. this other kind of experience. Right. But and you're both coming to... The challenge to read the Bible. Yeah, different reasons. Yeah. Different she, reasons. She has always been this kind of person that challenge the things. She doesn't just take things for granted. She really wants to understand them to, to make her own, you know? Yeah, oh, I can see that more. And, yeah. <laughs> and and um, I've never really questioned what I believe, but I really wanted to know what the Bible says because I was proud to think that I was a good Catholic and yeah. I have all this background and, and that I was somebody who was ready to talk about what I believe strongly and make people uh, change their view, I don't know, kind of yeah. thing. And then we start reading the Bible together. And because she was still in touch with this couple, uh, this Christelphian couple, she find out that there was this uh, Bible mission from South America uh, from the Christophian community that uh, was helping people to learn what the Bible says, to, to learn to read by your own. 
And through them, she find out that uh, there was a family coming from the UK uh, to do Bible mission in Bolivia. And once they arrive, we start studying the Bible with them. Studying the Bible is different than just reading the Bible. Right. And it takes us to another level. And we spend so much time with them. It gets to a point that we will see them easily every other day. And every other day. Really? I mean, we yeah. spent a lot of time together. We went to their home. Uh, we went to the hall that they were renting to do public lectures and classes. Yeah. Yeah. And there was so much material and so many things that were different from where, what we originally believed. Yeah. It so were you studying feeling. kind of the same topics that were kind of covered in the podcast? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Uh, it was. It was a basic you know, level, but everything was so so new, so interesting. And we got to a point where we decided to get baptized. That was kind of challenging, especially to me because of my family and my background. But at the end, we we did get baptized. A couple of years later, we get married, and mm-hmm. five years later, uh, the same day that we get baptized. Our first daughter was born, so it was <laughs> it was deep, unique. Yeah. She was born, and we were born five years before in the faith. You know, it's yeah. kind of special yeah. for us. Eventually, we decided that uh, though we have this beautiful small ecclesia in La Paz with a few members, we really were looking for a stronger spiritual kind of support that we would get with our families that were raising children and yeah. believe the same that we did, and that's how we end up coming here to Canada. Right. My wife and I, Sherry, kind of made the same decision just to move here because of our children. And we realized we only have one chance to raise our kids in yes. faith. And we needed all the help that we could get. So there's, that, that's, that's a, there's yeah. the, the school here, the Christelphian Heritage College, that uh, was a, a big draw. And uh, your kids are in the school. And right, right. It's a, that's, just that's, a wonderful environment for that's raising, our, yeah. raising your kids with the, with the scriptures. That's really interesting. Yeah, the whole background, a lot of tough decisions that you made, a lot of time studying the, the word and, and uh, coming to the conclusions you did. So but let's uh, switch gears here now. Let's, unless there's anything else you want to mention with. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm ready background. to talk about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the podcast. So you listened to them all this season. Yeah, first season and second season. Which one of the second season would you say you enjoyed the most? I spent a lot of time listening to the inspiration episodes, which were great. But I think that the, the one that made me think the most was the, the one about baptisms, the, oh, the eight oh, passages about baptism. Oh, really? The one about baptism was the one that you yeah. really kind of sunk in or made you think or brought yeah. you back to things? Why, why is that? Why did well, you like that one? Uh, the, the challenges that I had when I decided to get baptized, the worries that I had, everything that I was deciding to leave behind, like to change. Yeah. We're, we're really strong. My, my relationship with my family will change. So when I was hearing these podcasts about the Bible and baptism, it reminded me everything that I went through and the challenges that I have to deal with. So this was really good for me. Because uh, right. as a Catholic, you were baptized as an infant. Yeah, correct. And so when you came to the realization at one point, way before the podcast, that you needed to be baptized it's not really being baptized again isn't it because it's not a rebaptism no, yeah it's not a rebaptism because once you learn what the bible says it got to a point to me that i realized that, that the god that i learned about in the bible was not the same god that i 
learn just through what the, the masses will tell you and, and what the, the Catholic people, mass, yeah. the Catholic mass, and, and and what the teachers, the religion teacher will try to teach you. Yeah. So I, I realized that I never really made this. I didn't establish a relationship with God uh, in in the way that I should. I really felt the need to to do that uh, to establish that connection to get through Jesus Christ, and and yeah. the baptism was the logical step to take. Yeah. But it it was really. Uh, worrying uh, because I had to sacrifice a lot of things. Uh, the relationship that I have with with, with my there was dad the stress in your family because yes. of your decision. Yeah, 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 and I can understand why. I mean, uh, now that I'm father too and I have two girls, all that I think of is how to help them to take the right decisions yeah. to learn about God. And I'm pretty sure that my parents did the same thing. So oh, when when I decided yeah. to change, it was a really shock for them. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of the call, isn't it? That yes. God is calling yes, us it to. Is. Is, it's, it's often a, a very difficult decision, but it's, it's the right thing to do. Right. And I mean, it's not like an emotional decision that you take. It's, it's a logical decision that you take. It's an informed decision that you take because what you need to develop is this understanding of the Bible. And that understanding will lead you to take actions. And one of the actions that you need to really consider is... It's making this this covenant. It's taking this new persona, this this new frame of mind that will lead you to do the will of God. Yeah, I'm glad that that was a podcast that yeah. you, you those verses just kind of came back to you, and it's it's important, I think, to have that establishment and going back to our baptism and thinking about that those choices we made, and it helps us to really be established in the in the faith in our life and the changes that we made. True, yeah. and. You can see it as a first step, but you need to have information to take that step. So that previous steps that you need to take are reading your Bible, are establishing that, understanding that connection, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd say when I was looking back at the season in all the podcasts we do, I, I loved them all. <laughs> but the ones that really kind of impacted me was the inspiration of uh, Scripture ones, especially the one about every word of God is pure. I probably spent the most time in background study for those podcasts. And it's one that I thought Jay and I would maybe do one podcast on the inspiration of Scripture. But as we got into it and we started looking at it, it just kind of blossomed into three different podcasts. And I love it when that happens, when Scripture just kind of opens up in front of you and you see so much about it. And I think there's a lot of challenges now to the faith and and the Bible, even from other professed Christians about the inspiration of Scripture and how it came to us, right? So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, as I mentioned before, I, I think I spent the most in these three episodes yeah. because I was working actually in a class about inspiration of the Bible, which is really important to me because when I'm trying to connect with my family and talk about what I believe, I know that we're not in common ground because the, the way that they approach the Bible, it's completely different. And if you don't give the Bible the, the way that it really has as the inspired word of God, which uh, no man could have ever done by their own, right. it really gives the authority that it has. It really put things into perspective. So if you really trust that the Bible came from God, then you can try to learn about every detail that it comes from it that will change your life to help you to grow in the faith. And when I'm trying to talk with my parents, I'm trying to start by this point. And doing this class was amazing because uh, 
I had so much material that will help me to to think, to reflect on this presentation I did. And this point that you said about all the Word of God is pure is fantastic because one common theme that I found during this season was that all these classes are oriented to help you find a way to change because that's what the Bible does. The Word of God is pure. It helps you to, to purify yourself, right? To change yourself, to become something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You gave a presentation on the inspiration of Scripture, and you came up with other points that I hadn't even thought of before. It was, it was a really good presentation on the inspiration of Scripture. And I thought it was interesting from your Catholic background, because Catholics believe in the inspiration of Scripture, but you're saying there's like an extra dimension which kind of defeats the inspiration yeah. of Scripture and the, and the authority that the Bible really says it, it has. What happened but, is that the Catholic Church has so many documents that are not from the Bible that they really need to try to make people think that the Bible will never be enough for you to understand God because they cannot sustain what they preach only with the Bible. And I, So I you're remember, saying like other traditions like purgatory, I think. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one because you don't find that concept in the Bible. So right. the only way that they can claim that something that came from God is through their tradition. They have this idea that there are three sources for you to learn about God, to understand God. Three and it's sources. Three sources. One is the Bible, okay. one is the tradition, and the other one is the, the magisterium, what it's their teaching department you know, okay. of the Catholic Church, let's say. Right. And the way that they approach it is that uh, though the Bible is accepted as they inspire an infallible Word of God, they also maintain this idea that uh, an infallible book without an infallible interpreter, which in this case they consider to be themselves, yes. is, makes this infallible book wordless. So basically they try to paint this picture where they want to Teach the people that without the Catholic Church, you are not able to understand what the Bible says on your own. You are not right. able to get to God through right. the Bible, which is really frustrating to me because that makes this huge breach between me and my family when I'm trying to share this information that I have that I know that it's a life and death kind of situation, yeah. you know? Yeah. It really stresses why this is an essential Bible study, because as you said, it's trying to get us on common ground and what is going to be our authority. And what we're trying to say in the podcast is the Bible's our only authority. And God has given us this to be able to read it ourselves and study it and find the truth, like your yeah. initial verse from John 4, verse 23 says. Right? And these this three episodes did, did a great job on that because it can help you find this perspective on uh, inspiration that are the thoughts of God and not man. And at the end, the use of Psalm 1979, that was fantastic. That little chart where you and Jay were reading these. Oh, this, yeah, Psalm 19. Yeah, yes. these, these two parts of yes. understanding and, and what it makes in your life. That was fantastic. Right. Yeah. What Martin's talking about is in the show notes, you can click on it. There's a chart showing Psalm 19 kind of broken down and how it describes the Word of God and how it affects you. So those were our favorite ones, but they were also good. We had several on the aspect of death and resurrection and how that centers around the coming of Christ and how there's going to be an eternal judgment. It seemed to be a real predominant kind of theme in ours. So the one that we did on first natural, then spiritual, 
was all on 1 Corinthians 15 and the resurrection from the dead and how that ties in with Genesis. Yeah, the way that you end up season one and the way that you start season two uh, yeah. connected with, with Stephen, talk about the nature of men and resurrection and everything was really neat. And then did one with Aaron McKee on death as sleep. That was a really fun one. Definitely the podcast that you did with Aaron was really fantastic because they all come in tune with this idea of the need of change and the effect that the Bible has on you. I mean, we, we talk about death and resurrection. And it always came to my mind, this verse from Mark, which says that this man came to Jesus and asked him to let him go and bury his father. And, right. and Christ re replied and said, let that bury their debts. So before we have this change, though we, we leave, we, we are not really alive. We are mortal. We're dying every day. Yeah. And, and this idea of the resurrection that comes through the knowledge of what the Bible says about God and through the decisions that we take with, with this information can give us this option, this this opportunity to have hope that we may receive life and, and we may become new creations and, and follow Jesus Christ in his resurrection. Yeah. Was that when you were studying the Bible for the first time, was that a big revelation to you that you didn't have an immortal soul, that life was conditional on the, the resurrection? Yeah. I mean, there were so many things that make sense if you believe one thing. If you believe that Christ is God, then you believe that Mary is the mother of God. Yeah. If you understand that Mary is the mother of Christ, but Christ is the son of God, then roles change. As I mentioned, my, my family was really active in, in Catholicism, and they belong to this movement that it's oriented to Mary. It's called Schoenstatt. And uh, the way that they approach things is making Mary the middle person between you and God, because she's the mother of God. But when you realize what the Bible says, that there is only one mediator, and that's Jesus Christ. Right. When you realize that you're not immortal, and that the only human being that is in the presence of God is really Jesus Christ, it changed all your perspective, because all the things that come with it change. And it was such shock at the beginning that, I mean, the Bible is so logical. Uh, the yeah. things have so, it's, it's so amazing how they, they maintain this line of thought along all the 66 books of the Bible. Yeah. That yeah. it's, it's really hard to question that. And, <laughs> uh, but you need to really give it an opportunity. You're, you have to be ready to listen what the Bible says. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Listening is hearing the word of God. That's the first step of faith, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was the, the ones about the, the coming of Christ. I really enjoyed uh, recording a podcast in a tent in the wilderness. If you haven't listened to those, it was, they were with Stephen Whitehouse right. on the coming of the king. We actually had to Perusia. do two parts. And we were just focused on the first Thessalonians mainly and seeing how the coming of Christ is, is preached there, the coming of the king. And Stephen just has a wonderful way about him. And I know you enjoyed the royal triplet. Yes, 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 for sure. This, this idea of faith and love and hope, yeah, it's it's really beautiful. Oh, uh, The way that Stephen brought it out and he went backwards and forwards through different ways of thinking about it and how it's attached to a, another triplet. What was the other triplet? It was... Uh, uh, it's work and labor and patience, right? Work, labor, and patience. You're right. That, that was it. You've got a better memory than I do. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I have my cheat notes. <laughs> <laughs> that really tied in, too, with the one we did with Frank on eternal judgment, or the judgment seat of Christ, because when Christ comes back, it says we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 
Yeah, they are really amazing because they are connected. I mean, yeah. if you believe that you're immortal, if you believe that as soon as you die, you go to either heaven or elsewhere, your perspective changes a lot when you think that actually you are not immortal, that you are waiting for Christ to return. Yes. And when he returns, there will be the judgment. And then, then there will be resurrection. And yes. then there will be immortality. But right now it's not. It's really, really important. And these two topics, the one that you did with Stephen and with Frank, were really interesting because they connect through that part. And also this concept of judgment, that's really a touchy topic. So yeah. I really find it interesting the way that... Uh, it was presented because it put things into perspective on the need to help people to realize there are things that are taking you apart from the path to get to God. Because when you mention these kind of ideas of judgment to people who come from outside of the Bible, who believe something different, people can get uncomfortable with the idea that they are being judged, that they are being actually more than judged. I think people take it as being condemned. Because if you believe that you're already immortal, if you believe that you have a place in heaven no matter what you do, when you realize that there are things that you need to do and there are things that you're doing that are wrong, yeah, it's really hard for people to take it that way. And and it's what basically repeats again and again in, in Proverbs, right? It talks about yeah. the people who will receive knowledge and people who will reject knowledge. It's not knowledge of men. It's the knowledge that we get from the Bible. Yes. That's the beginning of wisdom, right? And learn how to fear the power of God of life and death because we're not immortals. Right. Yeah, it's like you're bringing out there. It's so important for us to have this knowledge and aspect of the coming judgment because it affects how we live today. And that's why we followed up with another podcast about with what judgment you judge, about how we judge today because so many of those passages that talk about the coming judgment of Christ also talk about how we're judging right now, how we're not to judge and how we are to judge. I think it's very important for us to get that balance in our life. Yeah, and it was also what was said with Stephen on these episodes about the coming of kingdom, right? We have to live as if Christ is already here oh, yeah, because that point, that's, yeah. that's how we are developing the character that we really think the Bible teaches yeah. that God wants us to have yeah. developed by the time that everything comes into into action. Yeah, I love that point it, that was brought out in the, the Coming of the King podcast about if we're changed now, if we're living that life now, when that time comes to be judged, nothing will really change for us. We'll just walk into the kingdom having that same same attitude that God wants us to have. That's what, that's what he's looking for. But yeah. if we don't make that change now, we're not going to be accepted at a judgment seat. And again, this idea that repeats all over the, 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 this season, change, the need to change, right? Yeah, it's interesting. It's really <laughs> if you bring it up, like change, and I, it was kind of unintentional, but that really was a, a huge theme of all the podcasts. But that, right? that's what the Bible does, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of modern groups have this approach trying to change God to adapt to what they want, what they believe. And it's really us, the ones who need to change, because we know God is eternal. And he doesn't change. Uh, so the ones that have to adapt, it's us. And the, the, the way to do that, it's using the Bible as our way to learn how to change. Yeah, yeah. And then our, our last podcast was on the word church. We looked at some lexicons, some Bible study tools, and used that word church as an example, because I think we need to explain the using of the word ecclesia when we use them in the podcast and how important that word is about church is just not a, a building. It's, it's about 
the people in the building, but more specifically those that are are called to by God to form this body of Christ. And I just wanted to know your perspectives behind that, because coming from the Catholic Church. Yeah, I mean, uh, these analysis of the word, the etymology of the word, yeah. with, uh, coming from out of and to being called, to being called out, basically. Yeah, yes. This is the situation that we all are, right? I mean, we are so deep into what we think that it's the truth that we really need to be taken out of there to see things into another perspective, the perspective of God. And this idea of how the ecclesia is that, it's really important. I come from a really small ecclesia. The ecclesia believer is six to ten members, depending on right. where we are. And we, there's a lot of things that we have to work on. There are so many differences from people who came believing different things. Uh, they, they may be Catholic or Baptist or, I don't know, any any, any other point of view. And uh, we also have to try to deal with these kind of situations like uh, this struggle, this challenge that we have in Bolivia with the, the situation about who is mixed, who is more white or who... Oh, who, some racial challenges. Uh, yes, saying. these racial challenges... Yeah. That needs to be worked out to help make this small ecclesia work because we are sharing one thing that it's so important for us, uh, that it's this the word of God, that all these things need to be taken apart. And we have to try to find a way to to learn to live together based on this word that it's so important that will will challenge us every day. Right. That's interesting because you talk about maybe different class distinctions in the society in Bolivia. And different cultures. And different cultures. And that's really, when you read the Bible and you look at the ecclesia, the, the church in the, in the first century, they were dealing with the same things. And that's, I think, why Paul says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, there's neither male nor female. There was this master-slave kind of conditions and, and things that really put tensions on the ecclesia back then. And we yeah. still experience those kind of things in our life. Right? I think you mentioned there's challenges, too, coming here to Canada. Yeah. I mean, the cultural difference, it's so extreme. I've always had this challenge to try to connect with people here because yeah. I don't know much about hockey. I don't know much about <laughs> sports or politics. And Do you and, like maple syrup? <laughs> well, I do. That's um, easy. Yeah, the, the bacon maple syrup. That's, that's, <laughs> that's something that I didn't yeah. know exist until I came here. <laughs> but that's the thing. I think that there is this cultural difference that makes things harder. Yes. But the only thing that you can really do is try to find this point in common through the Bible. That's, I think, the way that I was able to to befriend people here at, oh, the, at our community. That's the lovely thing about it, isn't yeah. it? We share the same faith, and we share the same knowledge about the Bible that really is our common ground together, that yeah. draws us together. And we're same. not perfect. We made mistakes, but we know that we're in the same path together, trying to overcome these obstacles. And that cliche, this community of people called out from their culture, from their different racing, from their different uh, way of approach to the life previously, it, it's amazing. It's a way to really encourage you to know that you're not alone in this path. Yeah, that's great, Martin. That's about wrapping it up for season two. Hard to believe that we've just finished season two. But we're going to be looking forward to getting prepped up for, for next season. Is there anything that you'd like to... Uh, here next season, what, what would you be interested in? I, I actually did thought about this a little bit. And 
I have this book at home that it's uh, Restlet Scriptures. Rested Scriptures. Rested That's scriptures. a hard word to say. <laughs> Rested Sorry. Scripture. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the thing is that I, I find it really useful because it helps me put things into perspective when talking with family and friends. Because most of my network outside of the cliche are people who doesn't really approach the Bible the same way. So yeah. I think that a chapter... Approaching these rested scriptures, it's a really interesting. So, a rested scripture is a scripture that another person will use to try to prove their beliefs, but it's really taken out of context, Correct. or it's not doesn't really say what they think it's saying. Right. Those kind of things. We kind of did that with the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. This That's season. true. That was uh, in that vein. So, you'd like to see more of that. Yes, I, I do. I, I love that book, Rested Scripture, and I think that would be definitely a good yeah, suggestion. I, I think it up. helps a lot when when you're trying to deal with work. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that. I think we're going to be focusing more on getting to know God better. There's going to be several podcasts in a theme about God manifestation next season. So we'll be be looking forward to that and whatever else creeps in there, right. whatever we can we want to talk about. There's just so much to talk about, but we'll be looking forward to season three. And I want to thank you for being here with me, Martin. Oh, thank you for and, inviting uh, me. Discussing these things. So thank you very much. But the hour is coming and is now here. Mas la hora viene, y ahora es cuando. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Los verdaderos adoradores adorarán al Padre en espíritu y en verdad. For the Father is seeking such people to worship Him. Porque también el Padre, tales adoradores, buscan que lo adoren. If you're enjoying the podcast or have any questions, We'd love to hear from you. Go to www.essentialbiblestudies.org and fill out that contact form. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Like us there and join the conversation. It's easy to share on social media so you can do your part to spread the truth about God's Word. This is a Christadelphian podcast supported by the Book Road Ecclesia in beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until next time, my dear friends, may God help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. <laughs>